another great guest on for you tonight, Richard Chandler. He's here to talk about how he's using his marriage counselor skills to help business partners reconcile and keep the business going. Stay, Stay tuned. Talking Junk Network. Where entertainment lives. Welcome to Talking Junk. I'm your host, Jason Melendez. Live now every week. Talking Junk. Of multitude of professionals in different aspects, different walks of life. You have to come on and talk junk like a normal This episode is brought to you by Heaven's Pantry's Excalibur, the 100% vegan energy bar that tastes just like a brownie, and it does not skimp on any ingredients. Dates, cashews, almonds, cocoa powder, and coconut oil sprinkled with a little bit of sea salt to taste makes for the perfect chocolate energy bar around. Make sure you go to Amazon.com. And get you a box now. Use the promo code HP Street for 20% off your first order and then 10% off every order after with the promo code TalkJunk69. If you're not trying to live healthy in 2023 with these vegan chocolate energy bars, I have no idea what you're doing. And we're also brought to you today by the lovely company, Dizzle. The original premium liqueur straight out of California. This liqueur is only labeled as a liqueur because it is cognac and tequila mixed with hints of citrus and mango. It is 80 proof, 40% alcohol by volume, and mixes with virtually everything. I have not found one thing that mixes wrong with Dizzle. If you're not Dizzling in 2023, what are you doing? All we do is dizzle here. Welcome to Talking Junk, the podcast that comes to you live now every Tuesday nights. We used to be on Friday nights, but here in 2023, we're going for, for Tuesdays. It makes for a, a better conversation, more of you uh, lovely people on live. Um, we try to get you in the week with all of, uh, in the beginning of the week now with all this uh, information, because who wants to go uh, the weekend? and blow your mind with all, all of this knowledge and then lose it on Monday because of all the partying that you're doing. So we're going to be here on Tuesdays now bringing you these wonderful guests, bringing you all this information for free. And all we ask is that you like, subscribe, and hit that share button. Give it to your uh, most uh, loved, influential people in your life. Let them soak up this information. If you hate it, then give it to the people that you hate. Let them hate it too. Who knows? Maybe they'll love it. After all, it doesn't matter if they hate it, you hate it, they love it, we love it, as long as it gets listened to. So please, share, like, subscribe. Make sure you get this information out there. Now, we got another great guest for you tonight. If you listen to me on the intro, I told you... We're talking with Richard Chandler tonight. He is a licensed, well, this man has uh, many hats in the business world. Let me write it down real quick. He has a master's in psychotherapy. 
is a licensed professional counselor, strategic leadership consultant, business partners counselor, marriage therapist, Myers-Briggs master practitioner, and he's a composer in his spare time. This man has so many hats. It is lucky that we were able to get him on the show tonight. And he's here to talk about the way he uses his marriage therapist skills in business to help business partners mend their uh, differences, to keep the business going. So without further ado, let me bring to you the man of the hour, Richard Chandler. How are you doing tonight, Richard? Oh, very good, Jason. Thank you for having me on as a guest. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you for making time in your busy life to uh, come on and give my listeners a little bit of insight to what you do. Thank you so much. So when did you uh, actually start using your marriage therapist skills to uh, help business partners uh, reconcile their differences? Fairly early on, I've been doing licensed counseling work for, gosh, close to 10 years now. And what I also had done before that is business consulting. And then at some point, someone just came along and said, you know, our business is struggling because we're not getting along. And then I was able to combine those two skill sets of doing executive coaching, business consulting, along with the relationship building kinds of things I do with, with romantic couples. And actually it works the same way. If we really look at when people don't get along, you know, there's not much difference between the business partners not getting along or a married couple not getting along other than they don't have a romantic and sexual relationship. Well, well, maybe they do, but <laughs> in the business, but, but usually not. <laughs> and, uh, and so the, the skill set actually holds quite well. Now, um, when, when did you realize that uh, this was something that you wanted to bring nationwide? Uh, how many uh, companies came to you before you, uh, you know, struck the big light bulb in the sky that made you think, you know what, maybe I need to to branch out a little more. Maybe I need to take this mainstream. Yeah. Well, surprisingly, probably because because apparently I'm not that fast of a learner. It's only been within the last year or so that it became really evident that I need to treat it differently than just one other thing that I do. I it's really important for me to really get the word out because it is so unique and it's so needed with business partnerships. They really don't know where to go when they're struggling to get along. They may contact a, a local marriage therapist, couples counselor, but that person isn't likely to have the set of business skills that I have from doing all the executive coaching and business consulting. And so, so I'm now really, really talking about this much more than I have before. And I, I believe that's helpful for people that just don't even know this is even in existence, that you can find somebody with both sets of skills and knowledge for how to merge them. Right. I was today years old when I found out myself. Now, is, is it, uh, how are you helping these uh, companies and these individuals live a balanced and happy life within their business? Well, this is with most, so not, not just talking about business owners themselves, which I've been working with for a long time. What I found is so many of them just simply work all the time. They just literally work all the time because they, it was successful for them. That's how they got the business going. They, that's how they kept it going. But at some point, their work life and their personal life is, is quite out of balance. And they're not so happy. And certainly, maybe their 
romantic partner isn't so happy either because they're not available as much as they would like to be and those people would like to be for, for kids or, or a spouse. And I've been focusing for many years now on how business owners can basically work less and live more by upgrading their their way of working from, from being within the business in the operations side, like having a job in their business and instead moving to strategy. And they can really extract some of their time as another employee in their business and instead really focus on the strategy of their business and replace whatever kind of work they did in the business. And by doing so, they usually are way happier. They make way more money because now they're thinking strategically and they'll, they'll find a way to make up the difference between what they used to do in the business and now paying somebody else to do that, that kind of work. Now, what, wouldn't that put some type of strain on the business relationship, just delegating all the time and, and pay rather pay for the stuff that you should be doing? Well, if it was a business partnership and that wasn't thoroughly discussed and agreed to by the other business partner, then yes, it would. If you're the sole owner, then, then not so much. So I guess I was thinking about it's so it's another set of problems that business owners have. They they simply are working too many hours within their business rather than thinking more strategically and working more strategically, and then paying somebody else to do the kinds of operations work. So let's just say if they let's say they, they were the business owner that also was in charge of of doing like lots of selling within the business. How could they get somebody else to do more of the selling and they can just think more strategically of their business? Now, if that happened to be a business partnership, that would certainly need to be really thought about and decided upon by both partners. Otherwise, there'd be a problem. Now, I can see where that would, would work uh, with a business partnership because it, it does work in a marriage. Now, you, you yeah. delegate some of these things and you pay for some of these things to get done in the form of maybe a nanny or a, a babysitter, yes. maybe a, a maid that'll come and straighten Absolutely. things up. So I can see how that would work with, with businesses yeah. as well. Yeah. Have you ever had an instance where some of these um, life lessons you give for these businessmen, uh, have you ever heard of them taking it and using it in their marriage? Oh, yes. They do all the time. In fact, I, I encourage them to, to use the same kinds of tools because a lot of what I give people when I work with them is communication tools that really work more optimally than what most people do. And I'd be glad to share some of those tools with, with your listeners, if you'd like. Oh yeah. I would, that was my next question. All right. Well, let's start with one that I give virtually everybody I work with. And it, it's this past tense for past events. And I am talking grammar here, past tense for past events. What, most people do is they'll say, well, then I do this, then I do that, and he does that, and, and then it doesn't work out so well. But if instead we would have said, what has happened is I've done this, and then after I did this, he or she did that, and then the result we, we, we had wasn't a good result. By saying it that way, Jason, what happens is it allows the future to be different than what the past has been. Because we're saying, well, this is what happened, but it doesn't mean if we say it present tense, it's like, when is it going to change? When is it going to get better? And this way it gives a, an opportunity for the future to be different from the past. So, so how is one way we can change that within our lives? Because I know that's a, that's a big thing with me, like uh, 
there's instances where it doesn't even matter who I'll be arguing with. We'll bring up a past moment. Uh, and it's like, you, not, nothing happened here. So how can I make sure that that doesn't happen again? Or, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to argue with you about the past. I'm more trying to tell you why it happened because of the past. Yes. How can I, how can we overcome that? Yes. That's a really good question. One of the, th the, the skills we can have, and this one isn't one that I thought of. It, it's talked about in detail in a book called Crucial Conversations. It's a wonderful set of skills, is that we will separate out an incident. So like if you're saying, uh, you're talking about maybe just an example with your own your own spouse. Is that what you're thinking? Uh, yeah, yeah, we can go there. So, so you had something with your spouse and some incident happened that either you were unhappy about that she did, or you did something she wasn't happy about, whatever the situation was, you can talk about the incident that happened. But maybe it wasn't the incident itself that was really some bothersome. Really what was happening, it is, it's more the pattern. It's not that one incident, but, but it just, it's a pattern of things. And the pattern is starting to bother the person. So right. then we just name that. We say, you know, it's, I, I want to talk about what happened, not because it's, it's such a big deal that this thing happened right here, but because for me, it's part of an, an overall pattern that has happened, and it's the pattern that I want to talk about. Right. It's not the, the moment that I keep bringing up. Yes. Yes. It's what the moment symbolizes. This is exactly what happened when this moment came up, but the only way for me to describe it is to tell you about this moment. Yes. Yes. And then if you do that, and then let's just say, Let's just say I'm just going to make up an example of something happened, something that you did that bothered your spouse and she brought it up. This is really bothering me. And you say, but it's not that big a deal. She said, well, it's because it's not just this one time, but it's, this has happened before. And let's say you told her, let's say you told her, I, I don't I don't know what you're getting at. What, what do you, you know, what do you mean? What, what happened before? If she would lightly touch into the incident that happened before. So, you know, it is a pattern that would be effective. Right. But if, but if then you both started arguing about the incident that happened before, then, then all of a sudden you have kind of a mess. You have too many things to talk about. What happened now, what happened before, you're arguing about that then. So the right, idea, and then we're not focusing on the problem at hand. Right, right, which is the pattern. So if you can just say, oh, I see what you're talking about. I see, yes, I can see where that those incidents are related for you. Okay, let's talk about the pattern. And then if you did that, your discussion would be much clearer. You're not going to... You're not going to be arguing that why are we bringing this up? Well, it did, it's no big deal. But as a pattern, it is kind of a big deal because she doesn't want the pattern to continue. Okay. So there's the right. incident level, the pattern level. Then there's the relationship level. If we can't solve things that way, then, you know, on the incident and the pattern, then sometimes the relationship itself becomes problematic. You, you, then you find yourself, you're just not getting along like you, you would like to with your spouse. And then it's right. at the relationship level. Yeah. Yeah. So just just thinking about what level are we talking about and identifying it so you're both talking about the same level is a very helpful communication tool. Now, are there steps that you can take to try to prevent any of these arguments from happening? Yes, lots of steps. The main step is to tune in to each other, whether it's business partners or, uh, you know, a, a romantic couple. Tuning into each other is really important. So you're not bringing something up when the other person really is occupied mentally or physically. 
I bet you've had this happen, Jason, where where your wife brings something up to you and you, you turn around as if you're listening, but you're still finishing out mentally whatever you were thinking of before she brought something up. Have you had that happen? Yeah, all the and time. And then I bet she said to you, but you're not listening. And you're saying, right. well, well, I, 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 I think I heard you. <laughs> and my, my wife most of the time can pick up on those moments because I, I have uh, adult ADD. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm very much like that dog and up and up. Squirrel. Yeah. I'll, my, my attention will focus on something yeah, else. Right, 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 but right. A lot of times I'll focus on what I want to tell her from something that she was saying before, and I'll right. lose my train of thought and just focus on that one. Yeah. Something I want to say and bypass everything else she's saying. Yeah, yeah. And so the best thing you and, and your wife can do is is to tune into each other so she's aware that you're mentally occupied and just let you finish that out. And then maybe she could say, uh, do I have your full attention? And, and not, not in a an accusatory or critical way, but just do I have your full attention? And you could, and you could say, give me just a minute. Okay, yes, you do. And then, and then make sure you have each other's full attention. That's really helpful. So now that there's, uh, I know I'm not the only one. There's millions of people out there and my wife included, uh, there's, times when we talk that we get frustrated and it automatically turns to anger. Is there anything that you offer that can help us get to the bottom of our anger, maybe understand where it's coming from? Yeah, it, there's, that, that's a big subject. I've specialized in that because it's such a big factor with relationships. And so I ended up with a lot of requests to do so, to put together an actual anger course. And it's based on the work I've done with with individuals and couples that where anger is, is part of the mix. And so there's one thing people can get, which is my anger course. I um, I don't know if there's a, a link to it or not, but yeah, there it is. You put it up, the transform anger. Yeah. And and that's that's I, I, a real good way to get a lot of the benefits of, of therapy around anger at a much less cost. And with that one, I what I do is people actually have access to me when they take the course because they can, as they finish, what are called reflections. I ask questions in the course and they and people write out the written answers to that and they send them to me and then I comment on them to make sure they're really, you know, understanding the course material. So they, they get me with the course as well as the course itself. So that, that's a good a good way to go with anger. Okay. Uh, but I could I'd be glad to give any tips or tools right now to any of your your audience uh, members if you'd like. Well, we don't want you to give it all away for free. No, um, away. it's fine. <laughs> why, why, why don't you give us a fir the first couple of steps that you would tell somebody trying to seek anger counseling, and then we'll let them uh, seek it out for themselves. Because I know for, I know for a fact uh, after today I might be enrolling in your course. Yeah. All right. Well, the the biggest, I, I think the one of the biggest tools to think about is think about our lives in terms of storyline. So if you have a, a a novel you're reading or you're watching a movie, and and we if we're watching a really not, a really good character, they are I mean they're really into their role. You can just see they're just they're, the, the actor so embodies the character that it's totally believable. Okay, and in the story of our own lives, we're kind of the main actor in the story of our lives. You're the main actor in your life, Jason. Your wife is probably the supporting actor in your life. She's the main actor in her life. You're the supporting actor. So, so those are the main characters. And then do you guys have kids at all or no? 
Yes, yes, I got three little so girls. And your kids are also major actors in the story of your of, of your of your life. Now, as the character, you're really into it. Like you feel the pain, you feel the joy, you feel the emotions ever so strongly. And one of the 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 tips is to pull some of your awareness away from you as the character and place them into the narrator's role. And if you, you've watched movies with Morgan Freeman, he's like the premier narrator. And, yeah, all the time. And what Morgan Freeman does really well, and we can do this for ourselves, is he narrates what's going on. The narrator tells the truth with compassion for all the characters. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Now, do you have uh, children of your own? All grown up. Maybe you can tell I'm not young. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You you look like you're still in your prime. Well, I'm, I still am in my prime. You, it, it's, a, it's an odd thing, but when people take care of their health and eat those wonderful vegan uh, chocolate bars that you, that you are, you're, that you're, you're a sponsor for or sponsors your show. Yes. If they do that, they're going to be healthy and live a long, long time. And there's no reason people can't be vital no matter how old they are if they take real good care of their health. So I encourage people to do that. Right. Now, do you, when, when you, uh, your kids were growing up, did you use some of these things that you're learning, uh, that you've learned now in maybe your relationship with them and your wife, or was it something that you learned afterwards and wish you would have applied in your lifetime? It's more the latter. I'm afraid. Um, I have a big database for doing marriage therapy because, because I'm in my second marriage of over three decades and it's a very, very happy marriage, but it wasn't the only marriage I had. The, the one I had with, with the kids was, was a different marriage. And, and I, I really have to say, you know, a lot of what I did back then, now it makes no damn sense. But back then I didn't know any better. And now I know a lot more. Right. So I, I would like, I, I, I would think if I, you know, I, I even noticed, you probably noticed too, as the kids, the, the the first kid doesn't gets doesn't get as, as good a parenting as is the next kid because you you learn more as a parent to do it better right and, and I, I i tell my my oldest that all the time uh, can you hear me better by the way i think i was using the wrong mic yeah yeah i can hear you great it's fine yeah before yeah yeah you still there with me yeah, okay here. okay yeah. i couldn't hear you for a second so I, I tell my daughter that all the time. I said, "You're you got to remember that you're the catalyst for all of this." I I didn't know how to be a, a father. I didn't know how to love. Mm. I didn't know how to do anything before you. Yeah. So you are teaching me how to be a parent, and it sucks sometimes because I have to learn wrong from right with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's really. I tell you that that's really being gracious with your daughter, and I bet she appreciates hearing that because it's. It's really it's telling her the truth with compassion and asking her to have compassion for you of not doing things as skilled as, as you would do once you learn more. Right. And it's hard, though. It's hard. Um, do you take it on maybe um, younger uh, children or teenagers in some of your your courses, maybe your anger course, or do you just mainly work with um, of age adults? Because I know I know marriage counseling and stuff sometimes brings in the kids, but uh, do you have you ever worked with children one on one? 
I have. Usually children that are teenagers. I think the youngest ones I've ever worked with were 12 and up, but mostly I work with adults. I, I Once in a while, I'll work with a teenager, but not real often. Yeah. And, and you know, it's it's really not much different. You know, they, they have the same struggles as adults do a great deal of the time. It's just that they, they have um, some additional challenges with everything being so new to them and everything changing so quickly. What are uh, some of the things that you wish you learned uh, before you were able to teach people about it? Something maybe you could change about uh, your past. Yeah. I would say for me to really kind of do more of the example that, that you gave with your oldest daughter, Jason, to, to really be able to say out loud, I, I, I'm, I know I didn't do my best because I didn't know what my best would be. And I appreciate your patience with me and, and your forgiveness of me for the times when I've, I've not done so well. I think, I think I wasn't that reflective when I was as young, younger as, as you, you certainly are to be able to. Well, at, at any age, it's hard to be reflective. You don't uh, kind of see the man in the mirror while you're staring at it until somebody points the flaws out to you. Yeah. 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 So, so that's, that's it. I, I think, I think the, some of that humility comes from seeing yourself more objectively. And I think that's, that's a real skill that all of us can do is to see ourselves more objectively. And, and that's why that, that tool of, of occupying, uh, occupying more of the narrator's role and not just the character in your life is really helpful because it allows you to see yourself more objectively and, and with some compassion and see other people more objectively with compassion, not just from the perspective of you as the character in your, in your life story. Has, uh, has that helped a lot with uh, bringing business partners together, uh, just re reflecting on themselves and seeing how they can be a better person towards each other? Is, does that really work most of the time? Or is it something that they have to really dig deep within themselves to, to try to work out? I think it's both. There's one thing I do with, with both couples, and I do this with business partners that's really helpful. And I'll just pass this on for, for those of your, your, your audience members listening. And that is, I have them repeat, accurately repeat what the other person said. So the other person might say, like if it would be your wife, she might say, uh, Jason, sometimes what I've heard you do is to yell when I would have wished you would have talked more quietly. And then you'd say, I heard you say that sometimes you've heard me yell when you wished I would have talked more quietly. And then she would say, yeah, that's it. You got it. And just by doing that, instead of you being in your own mind, thinking about how you're going to defend yourself when she said that, you're, you're just, you're focusing on what she said and how she said it. And you're really hearing it. You're hearing it much more because your job is to repeat it back accurately. And then that allows you to take it in. And then one thing she can't say you weren't listening because you could repeat it back accurately. So you took that off the table. 
you know, you, you don't hear anymore. People say, oh, you're not listening because you were able to repeat it. And the second thing is then after you've been able to repeat it accurately, then you could say something like, I would like to do what you're asking me to do. And I am asking you to be more patient while I learn how to do that. And it'd be easier for her to take that because she knows she was heard. Right. Yeah. Now, so, patience is a virtue, and it's not something that can be taught. Is there is there something that you try to coach your clients? Uh, I don't know how to word this very well. Is there something that you can uh, some type of knowledge you can give them that can help them to uh, be more aware of when they need to be that way? Yes, and that is to 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 pause before responding. There's there's one other thing that maybe um, if your listeners would like, it's a five minute video I made on YouTube called "Respond versus React." So if you if you if you want to bring it up, you could. It's, it's I think it's really good for how you can learn to have a pause before you say anything, and during that pause, you can then settle yourself. And, and reflect upon what they said and, and say something that's probably more helpful. And that's a real good, good tool because we can learn how to be more patient by first pausing. Just pause and, and consider for just a second or two, how do we respond? And if we do that, we're not as likely to react. We're more likely to keep the other person's perspective, not just ours and mine. So it's it's more impulse control then. Yeah, than yeah, it really is. It really is. Yeah, and and so that would be one thing. I it's a tool that I think you're you're now. Do you, do you see impulse control? I'm sorry, it was the delay. You can go ahead. Uh, if you'd like to post that, that would be a five minute thing that I think people could really benefit from. It. it oh yeah, yeah. I, I can play that right at the end of our uh, right at the end of our interview. That way, that it'll it'll lead them right out. Oh, wonderful! I appreciate that because I think it's a no, no, my ritual. pleasure. I give I give it to a lot of my clients to 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 have because it does help them. Yeah, yeah. Now, is is that a a big thing you see within marriages or business partners? Yeah, uh, that is patience a key uh oh, oh, a key absolutely. role in in arguments? It, it is. It is because people they get so wrapped up in wanting to say what they want to say and convince their partner, their marriage partner or the business partner that they're right and what they have is important and you've got to listen to me, you know, and, and they're so wrapped up in that. And that emotional energy prevents actually from them being actually even heard so well by the partner because the partner feels like an onslaught. And instead of people can settle more, settle their nervous system and and just ground down, really ground down in their body and just and, and just quietly say, you know, this is what I want to share with you. And this is why it's important. It's more likely to be heard. So when 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 you find the patience and your median to, to start being able to speak uh, with pre precision instead of with anger, you'll yeah. find more results that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, what, 
what happens when you find that uh, that center of existence, but your partner still has it? Well, if you can center yourself, and a lot of this is physiological, if we can, first of all, sometimes if you can shake a little bit, you kind of shake off tension just a little bit, and then ground down. In other words, you're, you're bringing your awareness down into the lower part of your body. So you're grounding down to the lower part of the body, and then breathing deeper, just squeezing out the air on your exhale, relaxing on your inhale. So you feel really grounded and settled. And then speak from that more grounded, settled place. What can happen is not only will you feel better, you'll communicate that feeling of being settled and grounded to your partner. And they may be able to, to settle and ground more themselves, just because you are. Okay. Okay. Now... Have you seen, ha, has there been any instances where some of the advice you give people doesn't sink in and it, 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 it goes poorly? You see maybe businesses break up, maybe divorces happen. Oh, it, yeah. if, if that's the case with some of those, what do you think uh, they could have done better? Or if anything, you could have done better to maybe... Uh, get the information across a little more simpler or maybe yeah. more understandable to, to different types of learning. Right, right. Well, well one of the, the things to, to remember is often by the time people get a hold of a marriage counselor or a business partner's counselor, it's already, their relationship has already kind of fallen apart. And at that point, Sometimes people will agree to marriage counseling or business partners counseling because, because it's kind of, they can then say, see, we've done everything we can do. They can then say that. But, but actually, one partner or the other is not committed to even really giving it a real good go. They're not committed to that. They, it's just a formality to, to get through. Yeah, I'll go through a, a, a therapy session or two, but, but just to say that I've done it. And, and so, so we have to recognize that's a reality. Now, having said that, in terms of my part, I, th I think what I am endeavoring to do better all the time myself is to tune in even more, even more sensitively to each person that's in front of me so I can, I can not assume anything, not, not assume that just because they're there and they, they want to do marriage therapy, that they're really both really committed. I, I, it's, it's, if I, the more I've tuned into each one and tried to find out what their truth is, the more that I can address that. And, and maybe then that can overcome whatever barriers exist. Right. <clears throat> well, I, but I know you're a busy man. I want to thank you again for coming on, but before we play your video and before, um, we give everybody your websites and where to find your anger uh, management course. Is there one, if there was one thing that you could tell the world, uh, if you were very sure these words would make the world a better place, what would you tell them? Do, do as much as you can to increase your own awareness of everything happening inside of yourself and then use what you discover in that process to tune into other people, recognizing that they're a person in many ways like you and, and that ability to tune in and empathize will be very helpful.
great, great message. And I want to thank you again for coming on. Uh, before <clears throat> we let you go, let me play the video. I have it up right here. Uh, Grant Makes on Twitch sent it to me. So thank you again, Grant, uh, oh. for sending me that video. Oh, wonderful. Here is the video. It is respond versus react. Stop arguing and improve relationships. And, and I, I can hear you. Okay, and thank you very much. Those are really wonderful questions. I, I just, it's just marvelous questions, Jason. I really appreciate being on your show. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. The pleasure was all mine. Uh, don't go nowhere. Uh, at the end of this video, I'll get right back with you after I close out the podcast. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thank you. And again, let's listen to uh, Richard Chandler's Respond versus React. Stop arguing and improve relationships. Technical difficulties. Oh, it would have been nice if I uh, We're not getting unmuted angry. it. So here we go one more time. Reacting versus responding. This may be one of the most helpful tools you can learn for not getting angry, avoiding arguments so discussions don't escalate, or preventing communications with your romantic partner, kids, family members, or work associates from breaking down and crumbling. If you are in a place where you can take some notes, I'd really invite you to make a T-chart. So, you know, horizontal line on top, vertical line down the middle. And on the left side, please write the word reacting. On the right side, the word responding. And we'll have sets of words underneath these two words. The first set of words, first under reacting, is the word immediate. With reacting, you're immediately doing something. Somebody's taking an action and you're having an immediate reaction. And with responding, the words are a pause. There'll be some amount of time, even if it's just a very small amount of time, a second or two, it could be five or 10 seconds, some amount of time where you will stop and access your ability to think before saying or doing anything. The next set of words, under reacting, the word is, or really the hyphenated word is, emotionally driven. There'll be something about it, which really the emotions are pushing those words out your mouth. It's very emotionally driven from a place often of being upset or wanting to, you know, really be heard, whatever it would be. Where under the column responding, the word is thoughtful. You're going to really think and think about what really makes sense. How's What's my best way to respond? Third set of words. Under reacting, it's my perspective only. Whereas with responding, you're going to have multiple perspectives. Not just your perspective, but this perspective of the person you're talking with. What is their perspective? It might be quite different than yours. You may have to find out what it is rather than just guess. The main point, though, is it's not just yours. It's yours and another's. And finally, the fourth set of words, under reacting, the words are this immediate time frame. 
we're only concerned about that moment, how it feels in the moment, how it is in the moment. Whereas with responding, our awareness is also for a future time, a future time frame in which we want to be careful that our present time frame and how we react to it doesn't mess us up for the future, particularly in terms of damaging relationships. If we're saying things that are not very thoughtful, they might even be rude or hurtful, we'll mess up. We'll mess up the future. The future won't be as easy. We may find out that mostly what we'll be doing in the future is apologizing for how we acted. And we don't want to do that. So we're aware of a future time frame in the present to make sure that we're protecting that future. And the most important aspect of this whole protocol are the words, a pause. Without the pause, you're kind of sunk. You really are. You, you don't have a chance to respond if you don't pause first. So introducing much more space into the conversation, much more of a slowed down conversation, at least on your end, will really help. And after the pause, if you're still not sure what to say, buy yourself some more time. You can say, please give me a minute. I would like to think things through before I respond. Well, I'm hoping you'll take this protocol and give it thought to how you'll put it into action in virtually all of your discussions to make sure that you really are responding rather than reacting. I know if you do this protocol, your results in conversation and in relationships will be much better. Thank you. See, technical difficulties everywhere, all around, all the time. Uh, like I was saying, great insight on everything. Go make sure that you um, subscribe to uh, Richard's YouTube channel. You'll get information out the wazoo, everything that you can use in your everyday life. And be sure to go and take one of his courses. If you have a, a business partner that you guys are at odds with the business right now, reach out to Richard. He can make sure that, that to save your business and that you guys can communicate clearly so you can know exactly how each other feels and why things are happening this way. Uh, also, if you are at odds with your wife he, he will uh, or husband, he will be able to work that out with you guys as well. Uh, if you are the angriest person in the world, Like me, be sure to take his anger management course. It's going to make you a better person at the end of the day. Uh, that's all we want to be. And that's why you guys tune in to me. Because I have the people on here that will tell you how to be better. How to live your dreams. How to stay positive, And how to beat that dog we call anger. So thank you for tuning in. Until next week, remember, talk it out. Be the peace. And make sure when you tell your kids to shut up, you mute your mic before you go get on live. Everybody, have a great night. Peace out.